Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, joined remotely by Michael Simon. Hello. I'm in studio with Blake Johnson. Hey. And our producer, Dan Masuoka. Good morning, everyone. Dan's probably the most important man in the room. I always am. That, because that's, a, yeah, that's definite. <laughs> in, in, in every room he's in. In every room he's in, because mostly because he's monitoring your comments and questions for today's show. So please let us know what your comments or questions are. Dan will chime in when he sees them on Twitter or on YouTube. Uh, for today's topics, we're going to talk about uh, a Bloomberg story about Apple possibly using its own ARM processors and Macs. Ooh. Uh, the iOS 11.4 beta was released with two features that people have been waiting for for a long time. But first, but first, but the first. man of the hour will be is Leif Johnson. Leif Johnson, who has been working diligently with the new iPad. He's been working on it for the past week. So we want to talk about the new iPad to start with. He's going to write the review for us, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll post Sooner than later. Sooner than later. Okay. So, uh, but if you have any comments or questions regarding the iPad, Leif has spent a week with it. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If you have one, let us know what your impressions impressions are. If you're thinking about buying one, mm-hmm. uh, what questions do you have, and we'll try to answer them. So, Leif, yes, tell us about the new iPad. <laughs> well, okay. So one of the things you know, Apple was really positioning this as a, as a tablet for schools and apple has this idea that you can combat the chromebooks with this now it is a wonderful ipad i will say that i i think it's amazing i normally have a 12.9 inch ipad pro which you've probably seen me use on here before i've used it in our apple arcade show but uh lately because this thing's so light and now that it is apple pencil support i find myself using this a lot i i you know i leave i've been happy while i've been working on it this week so i just leave my ipad pro at, at work here so it it's that much, and I think that you know I am an actual avid uh, Apple Pencil user, and I think that that simple addition makes such a big difference. And a lot of you know, essentially, it gives you the whole experience of using an iPad Pro. Now you're missing out on certain features like the True Tone. Uh, you got the ProMotion display, which is actually good for the pencil in that it you know gives you less latency. But the pencil already has very low latency, and uh, it's um, you might be able to see on a YouTube video that we posted last week. Uh, I was showing the the difference, and it's just um, amazing. And uh, you know, considering that this is just a three hundred and twenty nine dollar iPad, and you know it's two hundred and ninety nine if you're a student. But look at this; it's just you know that there is no real noticeable la- latency. It's and, it's yeah. beautiful. It works. Put great. it more in front of, near the mic so that people see it. And uh, but uh, and so I how, was trying yeah. to show so like I right could here. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you showed uh, how it was so, yeah. in the YouTube video. Um, how does it compare you against you know the newest iPad Pro? And uh, well, the, you know, the new iPad Pro will have the uh, the ProMotion, and so what that basically means is, and it's really nice if you're an artist and stuff. So if you're doing really precise things you'll see you know a better you know it it has less latency but when you you know as you can see here um it's very much very quick as it is right now and this is about the same latency as my original first generation uh, ipad pro so it's already matches very much like what writing like a regular pen or a pencil is the way i've described it before in a youtube post is it's kind of like using a a kuretake uh furikochi 
a brush pen with a hard tip, not quite like using like a pilot uh, precise ro- rolling ball or something. It's it's not quite like that, but it, it's still very nice. It's not like, you know, say a pencil or something like that, but it comes very close. And I would say, especially with the pressure sensitivity, the tilt sensitivity, it comes a lot closer than any kind of you know, stylus out in the market. And as I've said in a previous, uh, I believe it was a previous podcast, when people sell it a stylus, I think that's not really doing it justice. It is, you know, the Apple Pencil. But that's why. is because it feels, the weight is very nice, and it does that. So, and Alf, real quick, uh, on, on Twitter is asking, the non-laminated display, does it feel different when you're pressing on it? Now, see, here's the thing. I, I, when I actually write on it, I've noticed very little difference. If For people who don't know, um, this does not have a laminated display like the iPad Pro, which means that there is a very, you know, you can actually see it if you know what you're looking for, but there's a little bit of space between the actual glass and the display. And uh, On a pre- laminated display? There uh, yes, there, there is like no space on it, but it, here there is a little bit of space. Okay. And so because oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Uh, so this is non-laminated. So it has that little bit of space. But when you're writing directly on, you know, top of it, it's this. It is doing exactly what I want it to do. So you know, it's not. It is making the exact lines where I, where I want them with the makeup. So there is that. Now, if there's anything that I've noticed where that it makes a difference is it's a little louder to type on when you're typing mm. quickly with a with a pen. And I think that's kind of like the echo of that extra space. In there, so if I if I'm typing, you know, if I'm writing much like I would with a uh, with a pen on here, you know, I don't hear it. You're going to hear it a little bit more. Trust me, by comparison, yeah. it is. I was doing it in the office the other day, and people were looking at me. I mean, excuse me, in the meeting the other day, and people were looking at me. Is, so is that I true, Roman? Were you giving him a glare? Um, I don't think I was in that meeting. Yes, so I was off that day. Foiled yes. you, Dan. Yeah. Yes. So. On a scale, on a scale it was of, so loud it drove me away from the meeting. Right? Yeah. On, so. on a scale of one to mechanical keyboard, where does it rate? Oh, it's 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 not that. I mean, you know, so if a mechanical keyboard was a ten, you know, the original. Um, you know, writing with a laminated screen would be like maybe a four, and this would be like a six. How about that way? How about comparing it to the sound that the MacBook keyboard makes? Oh gosh, which it's sounds a lot like you're pounding on somebody's. <laughs> yes. And Fergus brain. on Twitter is asking, how much would it have really cost to laminate the screen? I think that would have brought it up by at least another hundred dollars. Um, that I'm, much? <laughs> yes. A hundred dollars uh, wow. to laminate the screen? Uh, maybe, maybe yeah. not. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I'm thinking I have of no Apple. Idea. You know, that they crazy. they take. Oh, look at that! It's you know. So I could see Apple justifying that being a uh, hundred dollars more, but, but maybe. I'm being cynical here. So. Is there a feel difference? No, there's no feel, and that's that's kind of what I mean. Is that even though there is that, it's when I say an extra space, it's very minimal. I think you're getting really picky when you make the you know the point, but it's it, it doesn't feel. Matter of fact, I, and a lot of that has to do with the smaller screen size. I think I prefer writing on this. You know, you, it's nice because you got a full you know twelve you know the big display on a twelve point nine inch. It gives you an idea of like you're you're writing on a real sheet of paper. So there's that. But uh, you know, it's just the- casually writing with this on my knee i i prefer the feel of this and but in practice the actual act of making letters and stuff no real difference at all and uh i think that's amazing what they've done because that's an experience that a lot of people want is writing you know 
writing writing their handwritten notes, or more importantly, you know, starving artists uh, who don't want to spend all that money on a uh, really expensive iPad Pro can now do this with Procreate, which is a very nice uh, drawing app for a lot less money. You know, it's it's something like you know, if parents want to give something to their kids to learn how to draw on using a digital device, uh, they can get this, and it's a lot. You know, safer investment. Heck, if you're an artist yourself, you know, it could be 40 years old and stuff. I, you know, this this is nice to jump into. All that other stuff, you know, the true tone display, the higher latency with promotion is going to be very nice. But with this, you know, Apple kind of sees this as a learning tool and stuff. You know, I, I kind of was joking that it's the the iPad Apprentice and as opposed to the iPad Pro. So we have a lot um, of comparison questions, and okay. Arthur on YouTube is asking. Is it faster than the 9.7 2017 iPad? And this kind of relates to what we shot yesterday. Yes. Uh, as far, okay, so it does have an A10 Fusion processor as opposed to the A9 in, in it. And that is the main internal difference. Other than that, you can't really see much of a difference at all. It's got this black strip on here. And that's like the only external difference between the two two iPads. But we and had the black one strip is because of LTE, yeah, right? The yes, one. that's yeah, the LTE, LTE antenna, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, um, yeah, and that is the cellular, uh, this is the cellular version. So it was, um, and it's funny because I have Verizon and I actually couldn't use it. So, <laughs> but um, it was, uh, but the, the the main, so it is basically the same exact I, iPad. Speed-wise, speed-wise. Yes. Um, no, well, I mean, for his physical stuff. But when you go into his, um, the processor, you are actually getting better performance and stuff. So I showed that yesterday in our Apple Arcade gaming show. Uh, it especially shows up in things like Fortnite, uh, which we played. The, uh, it has, you know, better speeds, has better graphical performance. So Fortnite was a really good one because Fortnite, from what I can tell, doesn't really allow you to adjust the settings. If you play PUBG Mobile, it automatically puts you on the medium settings on the old 9.7-inch um, iPad, whereas on the new one, it boosts you up to high. And, you know, you, while we were playing, and it was funny, we didn't really get in a big combat situation, so it was kind of hard to see how it would really do well and stuff. But it was handling it okay. But in Fortnite... You know, the old iPad, last year's iPad, it was super pixelated. It was, it looked rough. And I, I have screenshots comparisons for our review and stuff. And, you know, where it's side by side, and that will be going in our review. But it looked horrible. And uh, whereas, you know, this iPad was much more like what you would be seeing when you uh, play on a Mac or, um, you know, a console or something like that. You had shadows. You had much more detailed textures. And it's a pretty significant difference. And, you know... And I think games were a nice way of seeing that, that that's, you know, how the processor interprets this stuff a lot more cleaner and crisper. So it's, you know, it looks beautiful on this iPad, I think. It looks horrible on the the previous generation. And that's a case in games where you'll especially notice a difference. Um, Have you noticed it in apps at all? As far as starting up and everything, you know, it has to make it boot up a little faster but the a9 was already a good chip to begin with i mean it's but uh so you know in basic small stuff and that's what you know a lot of stuff the ios is you know aimed for it runs pretty well i i you know there were a couple of games where i didn't even see any difference at all which was kind of impressive um we did uh hearthstone looked about the same um i would say about it looked exactly the same and uh i'm sure at later levels we tried civ 6 yesterday you know when you're getting to the end game and the screen's all crowded i have a feeling this new 
iPad would probably perform a little bit better, but uh, I couldn't actually import my cloud saves with the uh, that I have on my iPad Pro for some reason, and uh, so we weren't able to see like a late stage game. But uh, but at the same time, I guess what I'm trying to say is it still ran pretty similarly on those for Civ Six in the early stages. So that was pretty impressive. So there's that. But there were definitely some games like Fortnite and PUBG Mobile, and which are two very very popular games right now, especially on iOS. Uh, the most popular, especially Fortnite, um, you couldn't. Um, there was a massive difference in, in the two, and uh, so. And how? I, do, yeah, we also have some questions. How does it compare to the first gen iPad Pro? And see, that's actually what I have is the first gen iPad Pro, and it feels very similar in a lot of ways. I, you know, when I did a comparison video talking about the lag, you know, that's actually what I was using was the the, the first one, and that was actually before. ProMotion came out, and it feels exactly the same. Um, I, I noticed no difference in actual feel and stuff going from that old iPad Pro to to the new one. But the nice thing is, is this is a lot less expensive. How about how about speed wise? And uh, you know the games, it, it ran well. Um, you know the iPad Pro. I mean, like if we're talking Fortnite, we're talking PUBG Mobile. It it looks the same, and that means that in both of them, it has the shadows. It has the so so that's nice. Um, the one thing is, is that you will get a bit of a performance difference because an iPad Pro has four gigabytes of memory, whereas this only has two. So, uh, you know, that's an important thing to keep in mind if you're using really memory-intensive tasks. What's the processor in the iPad Pro, the original? Uh, the original iPad Pro, I think, was a was a was an A9. I couldn't be wrong. I think it was a 9, 9X. Yes, a 9X. Right, so it would be an X because it was right, a Pro. It was an X yes. processor. Yes. And so in the newer ones, you have the A10X. Yes. So, yeah. And then we have uh, another interesting uh, comparison question from Coral. How does it compare? Or where are they oh boy. Uh, how does it compare to the Microsoft Surface Pro? And we we haven't heard anyone really talk about that comparison. What's that? <laughs> Has anyone heard of it? They put it on in the NFL, right? It's on the. Right, it's the thing that all the football teams use that like to throw down in frustration. It's interesting. I know know we have someone in the office here, and before we go live and stuff, I will definitely try to make that comparison um, and use that one and see if we can uh, make that one. Um, At the point, I will admit that I don't know. I was chiefly comparing it to the the existing iPads. So that is an important one, and I will get on that. Yeah, we could do a separate. Yes. Look at that. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Surface is more comparable to the iPad Pro rather. I mean, that's a it's a big price difference between right. this and uh, and a Surface Pro. And yeah. you know, and that, that's that, that is you know, especially one of the things you get. You know, again, you have to remember this is not a Pro, but it takes right. it brings a lot of the experience of using a Pro to uh, to a smaller, more affordable device because before you had to shell out all that money, at least minimum. A five ninety nine for the um, the nine point seven inch iPad Pro uh, for uh, you know to get that experience, but this is you know three twenty nine. You can bring it to schools. It has the same um, split view multitasking. Got the the pencil support. Um, things like Procreate, games, they all run beautifully. And that's an improvement over last year. And even in our review last year, they were like you know we were saying that you could probably skip the you know the pro if you if you wanted but uh, this one is is it's it's a big step up i even though it is almost basically identical that a10 processor does make a difference that i've seen and of course adding the apple pencil at it's you know where you can make handwritten notes it's also nice for highlighting things which would make it really good in schools and making little marginal notes and drawing of course which is you know what it was always aimed at to begin with i i think all of those are you know it's basically 
this is the type of iPad that makes you happy that you waited to upgrade. If you have been a person, you know, who has like a iPad Air two or earlier, this is, you know, this is a good one to upgrade to if you don't want to spend um, all that money on a pro. Sam, all right. I have a question, Leif. Um, do you miss the keyboard? The you know the, the the smart keyboard, if you will. Well, see, okay, that okay. So Apple really wants this to go in schools, and I think that that is a, a flaw against, and it is actually one of the things I say is a con in there because there is no smart keyboard attachment. Um, uh, excuse me, smart connector to put a smart keyboard on there. So basically, if you were attaching a keyboard to it, you would be using a Bluetooth keyboard, a Bluetooth keyboard case. That means usually that you got to make sure that the, you know, you charge it separately, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, sometimes you actually have to go through the process of, re, you know, doing it. Whereas a smart connector, you just slap it on there pretty much and it, you know, mutually charges. And it's, it's, it's a very nice thing, but they didn't put that on there. I think, you know, they are intending you just to use the on-screen keyboard and stuff, which is kind of crazy. And that's the other thing. If you're getting this for schools, keep that in mind, that Logitech rugged keyboard that they announced cost a hundred dollars, that uh, Logitech crayon that they announced, uh, which is, you know, just for schools, that's another $49. So you're getting, you know, over, you know, yeah. you know, four hundred with a two ninety nine iPad for kids. That's, yes, that's I mean you're pushing you're pushing five hundred dollars at that point. Exactly. Yeah. So you can buy a couple of Chromebooks for that. And you know, <laughs> seriously, I think this will last longer than a Chromebook. You know, um, I've gone through several Chromebooks. You know, because I, I actually did used to write on Chromebooks a lot. You know, in the same lifespan of a well used iPad. So I do think they're durable. But I I've said before that I think that if a school administrator is looking at that bottom line and they want to see how much yeah no doubt is gonna come. yeah they're uh they're gonna go for the cheaper price with the chromebooks and uh, yeah they i mean it's will. it's significant when you talk about outfitting an entire school mm-hmm. I and mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and most public schools don't have that budget to spend in a single school year and that so, too there's no port to stick a mouse on here there's that, no, yeah and and the pencil doesn't attach i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of pros for chromebooks if you're on a tight budget and you're in school but for I think for students, parents buying for younger students, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want a tablet, the iPad is probably the 9.7 inch is probably the best one to get. Yes. Now, I will say, as far as the screen keyboard, um, I actually, I, you know, you can see I usually use an iPad like this. And when I write on them, I often use the display keyboard. And mm-hmm. uh, mainly because I like this thing to take up as little room in my bag as it can. And I'm used to writing on the 12.9 inch uh, keyboard, which is actually a very pleasant display writing experience. It feels yeah, very comfortable. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, to writing on a MacBook Pro or something like that. But uh, I was surprised when I was typing on the show yesterday. I was surprised I was making zero mistakes. So that tells you how easily I, you know, adapted to using the on-screen right. keyboard. And I think that's pretty impressive. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, the smart connector is probably going to be a differentiating fe- differentiating feature between the regular iPads and the. Pros. Yes, definitely. So, I, yeah, we'll probably never see a smart connector on a non-pro right. tablet. Which is so. fine for a general-use tablet. And, by the way, right. I will say again, as a general-use tablet, you know, you're using this for a point-of-sale system or you're just using it to browse content, play a couple of games, make some notes. This is fantastic. I love this device. And especially since it brought some of the key features of, you know, well, 
<laughs> of the pro to to a smaller yeah. iPad. I think it's amazing. For schools, I'm not sold. I uh, you know, I think you're going to want a tactile keyboard that's built onto the device, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to want mouse support because as amazing as this thing is, it's not quite there yet because you still got to hold it down a little bit to, you know, to make selections and stuff. That in that extra second, trust me, as a writer, a person who constantly moves around text and stuff like that, that that adds up to a lot of time. Whereas a mouse, you just put it over there and you click it and it's done. All right. Yeah, no so we have time for I think a couple last questions. All right. Uh, first on YouTube, Arthur and and RXL. Um, are asking about battery, like how does it compare from the previous uh, from, from the previous iPad mm-hmm. and the iPad Pro? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also wondering, will you choose this la- uh, iPad over your iPad Pro, like carrying it around as your primary? As far as carrying it around as a primary, yes, I will say yes, I will. And uh, you know, it might be nice to have you know one of the smaller iPad Pro, so that's a thing as an option. But I don't really feel like I need it. Um, those things are bells and whistles and stuff. And, you know, if I really was like a pro artist or something, like my job was to actually make cover art or something like that, you're going to want the pro. You're totally going to want the pro. But for what I do, no, I, I think this is perfectly serviceable. And uh, I like that it takes up more room. I like that it's lighter. It's, um, you know, it, it's very fast. It does, you know, I, I'm really impressed by this tablet. Don't, um, don't get me wrong. Now, as far as let's go back to battery life, uh, you know, there was a yesterday, uh, one of those days I played games for a while, so a couple of hours. I watched a full movie on here, um, and it was uh, uh, 36 Chamber of Shaolin. And, uh, I, and so, and then I did that. I read part of a Kindle book. Most of the time, I keep the brightness cranked up. And I got to say, it was still running fine after that. My older pro, you know, it's getting older, would not have survived that. I got to charge that thing up a lot. And that was the other thing, is, you know, those things you know, take a lot of time to charge. So you have to, you know, have a, a good charger on that. No, I stuck this on thing. It was, it was about ready to go again within 30 minutes and, uh, which I thought was a decent amount of time. And I was surprised, but the battery holds very well. I mean, you know, knowing Apple, at least we should say at this point in its lifespan when it's brand new. Uh, but, uh, yes, I was I very impressed with the battery life last year. Um, iPad, they say that it was, a uh, you know, about 10 hours is the same. Yeah. And, uh, I, th- I think it easily meets that, uh, meets that goal. And especially with as much work as I was doing on it. Yeah. But pretty much every iPad ever has gotten 10 hours of battery life. Like that's, that's been the rating no matter, mm-hmm. I think the 12 gets the same. Like it's, it, that's just what it's been at the original and going forward. Mm-hmm. They've somehow managed to, um, to nail that 10 hour battery life, which is kind of the sweet spot. If you're using it on a, um, you know, on a daily basis, if you're using it for your main mm-hmm. device about 10 hours, which is a little bit time for games, a little bit time for maybe watching some videos, a movie, doing some work, playing with some apps, keeping it on standby for a while that's you know it's about right you'll be about at about you know 35 percent or so at the end of the day right yeah i i i kind of get this feeling like i constantly have to uh you know recharge the battery on my ipad pro and stuff like that i mean it's like you know i'd use it for a while time to stick it back on the charger i didn't feel like that with this um you know i felt like it was okay okay i've been using it for a while but it doesn't need a charge and mm-hmm. stuff. So that's I think is a significant difference. I do feel like I have to charge my pro more. So yeah. Cool. So as you can tell, life has been has a lot of thoughts about a current the, the iPad. He's working on a review review for us that we'll post soon. Yeah, so how many words is in that review? Uh, about fifteen hundred currently. <laughs> so uh, look for that review. If you have any more comments or questions, please let us know on Twitter or on 
YouTube and we'll take a look and uh, maybe address those in the review itself. So uh, look out for that review in the near future. So, uh, but we're moving right along. Mm-hmm. So there was some a report by Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg, trusty old Mark Gurman, and he's not that old actually. No, he's no, pretty he's young. young. He's actually quite young. Is <laughs> so, he younger than you? That'd be funny. He's very, oh, young. he's very young. Yeah, yeah. he's like twenty-two years old. <laughs> yeah, seriously, he's really he's young. young. Yeah. He actually started, I think, in high school. Yeah, he was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he had a report earlier this week that uh, Apple is working on doing its own processors for Macs. Mm-hmm. Now, they've been doing their own processors for the iPad and stuff, but they're going to... They're, they're, they've set their sights on now the Macintosh and that outfitting the Macintosh with uh, ARM processors. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just kind of a huge deal because, um, you know, it's even though Apple sells more iPads and iPhones that use Apple processors than they do Macs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's their computers. They're, I guess they're, I, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. They, they do more. I don't know if that's, yes. that's not necessarily r- right, but you know, the, the idea that they are workhorse, their workstation kind yeah, they're, of. They're, they're more demanding. Certainly yeah. Than As like opposed kids. to that, they are unequivocally work devices yeah they're more demanding devices so the idea that they can make an arm processor that'll be able to handle uh workstation like processors i'm I'm using the terminology wrong but i think i'm trying to convey the idea of what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. um because i didn't have my coffee (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah so it's kind of a big deal so if you know and we, so we did a poll yesterday. The poll, I actually was able to finally get the uh, results up if anyone was watching it just before the show. So, uh, so, and we asked, you know, if, if Apple is making its own chips, what are your concerns that you have? Which I know it's kind of a weird, it's a, kind of a weird question. I'll get to why it's weird to begin at the end. But we asked, you know, what are your main concern, worries? And, Twenty-four percent of you said that performance was your main issue. Twenty-one uh, percent said app c- compatibility. Thirty-three percent said cost, <laughs> and twenty-two percent said Windows Linux operability. Interesting. So, uh, cost, I guess, meaning they they're hoping that it's not too expensive, which I think one of the main reasons why Apple wants to do this is to bring down, bring down cost. cost. Mm-hmm. So, or make more money. Right, to cutting out the middleman, cutting out Intel. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I was talking to Gordon Maung, who's an executive editor over at PC World, and he's also like an Intel guy in, oh, yeah. the, in the know. He actually wrote an interesting story for us today about um, Intel's announcements yesterday. If anybody uh, was paying attention. Intel made some new made some announcements of their next generation processors yesterday, and when that happens, Gordon usually comes to my desk and we start to talk about what could happen, uh, what processors could find their way into the MacBook and stuff. And so Gordon finally just decided I'm going to write a write a, an article about it, and we posted it this morning. It's, it's a fun article. It's all kind of you know, it's all just you know making stuff up, you know what. Predictions and stuff, but it's it's fun to see what could happen. Educated, so, so yeah, educated. Yeah. So yeah, so what could happen? Like, well, one of the things that Gordon brought up, which um, I thought would be really cool, is that there's this new, uh, I want to, is it the, the Coffee the Lake 
the G, it, the G processor. So there's this new, is it KB Lake KB G? Lake. Yeah. Yeah, KB, KB Lake, Lake G yeah. that looks like it was made for the MacBook. Mm. Yeah, we, we all said that back when they announced it like six months ago. Like, yeah. Or, or when we were, when they teased it or whatever they did. Mm-hmm. It seems tailor-made for uh, <laughs> For the for the low end the low end MacBook maybe the MacBook Air yeah and it's essentially a CPU GPU in one it's a it's a quad core CPU mm-hmm. uh, it looks like it's tailor made for the the MacBook Pro but Apple or I'm sorry Intel has this new six core processor that's out that's you know a mobile processor and wouldn't it be cool if the MacBook Pro had a six core processor. Yeah, the, so. the the Coffee Lake ones look awesome, but don't get your hopes up. This right, <laughs> so. this is this is the problem. Here, yeah, is mm-hmm. that you know Intel doesn't work with Apple the way it works with other OEMs, and that's just that's I think the root of Apple's frustration right. and our frustrations as users is that you know Intel operates in its in its space; it has its little fiefdom. And, you know, it's been, what, 10, 12 years now since Apple's been using them, but they're still like an, like a, like an outsider. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's, that's, that's how it is. You know, they're, they're optimized to the point that they can be, but it's not optimized like an, like an iPhone, like an iOS device. Mm-hmm. And they never will be unless Apple, you know, says, all right, we're just, we're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. they leave the Mac Pro and the MacBook Pro Intel for a while. And I would assume that would happen because those are the more demanding users. But I think the MacBook and the MacBook Air, if it still exists, I think those are definite targets for, um, you know, for a, a desktop ARM processor because they're, you know, what they're doing in the iPhone space is killer. I mean, yes. they are, they're benchmarking better than MacBook Pros, some of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not an apples to apples comparison. Right. You can't just shove like an iPhone processor in a MacBook and expect it to do anything. But, you know, they're, they're, they're doing great things with, with uh, chip fab and, you know, they'd be crazy not to at least try. Right. So is this, I mean, is this blaming Apple or Intel? Because like Apple must buy as many, you know, CPUs as like any other manufacturer out there, right? They probably buy tons. So you would think that they would have at least a really good relationship. So Apple sells about, we'll say four and a half million Macs per quarter. Yeah. It, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes it's five million. Sometimes it's four. It's it's about four and a half. So that's what we'll say twenty million max a year. year Yeah, you know, and that that is only one manufacturer. Where I, you know, I don't know the numbers of you know Acer and Dell Mm -hmm. and all those guys. So it might be small. Yeah, Apple's not number one. Right, very small market share when it comes to PCs, and they are what? Maybe they're top. Five. Are they top five? Maybe. I think I, I read mean, this yeah. morning that was Apple makes up for five percent of Intel. Yeah, it's sales, right. It's not. It's it's a it's a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if it's Intel's. I'm not blaming Intel. I'm blaming just the fact that you know, and Apple's focus isn't there. Right. So you know, Intel wants a company that's gonna uh, you know. That 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 their entire world is built around Intel products, and Apple's not that. So I think it's I think there's there's faults on both on both sides. Right. Yeah, I don't think there's any animosity or, or anything yeah. there. It's simply the fact that you know Intel 
makes more product for other vendors. Mm-hmm. And Intel also yeah. might say, well, we need some control over your OS and we want, you know, and Apple's not going to do that. So, I mean, I don't know anything about the relationship, right. but I do know that the newest Intel processors don't make their way to Macs for 10 to 12 months right. sometimes. Yeah. So. so we have a couple of questions on YouTube regarding processors. Uh, Philip first asks, if the Macs change processors, won't it leave old Macs stranded in old operating systems? I was wondering about so that. there's uh, been go ahead. Uh, so there's been sort of a historical precedent for this. So right. Apple has has done processor transitions in the past. There was the uh, sixty eight thousand Motorola processor. Mm-hmm. I, I might be getting that nomenclature incorrect because I, I always get nomenclature names <laughs> incorrect. Guy, so. so but yeah so there was that back in the day there was the transition to power pc uh-huh, yeah. motorola chips and then there was also and then i think like 12 years later there was the transition from power pc to intel, intel. chips mm-hmm. so and those transitions went well there was you had to use software emulation there was rosetta for the power pc to intel mm-hmm. transition uh but those they went relatively smoothly. Apple, did, yeah. yeah, Apple worked with developers to make sure that their code was up to date. They gave them a pretty long lead time in terms of, or, or they gave them. Um, I, I believe the announcement was made two thousand five for the. I mean, the bigger change was the PowerPC to Intel because mm. that you know yeah, th- that's a huge mm-hmm. uh, architecture change. So it was announced at the 2005 uh, WWDC. It was introduced and revealed. I think they were done by the next the end of the end of the following year. Right. It was it was quick. It was pretty quick, and yeah. you were still able to use emulation, the you know, Rosetta emulation, yeah. for it, it worked, years it after really that. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it went relatively smoothly. So this gives. You know, Apple's been there before. They have a lot of confidence. They also that did they the OS nine, OS ten transition, which was no easy right. task. And there was I, that as well. That well too. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so that brings me back actually to the poll where I said said something about the comments of that people left. There was, you know, and and Twitter were only allowed to 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 give four answers option because a lot of people commented that they don't have any worries about a transition. Mm-hmm. A, a trans, you know, a lot of people said. You know, like racetrack fan uh, on Twitter said nothing. He doesn't have any worries. You know, and a couple of several other people were saying, "I don't have any." One one uh, Twitter reply from uh, Adam Mazinga said, "All these options are biased," and I didn't understand what he meant. And I think what he meant was he had. There's no, you're assuming that I'm worried. Yes, and he's and there. There's nothing to worry about. I think a lot of uh, people who are old timers like me who saw those uh, transitions in the past, and they went smoothly, surprisingly smoothly for what was going on. Uh-huh. Uh, have no worries. I think that that this there's will- also a whole new generation of Mac users that don't know or care what chip is inside their machine. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of clock speeds and all that stuff, like it's just not, it's not Apple's core user anymore. Right, right, right. So, so I, I personally, I don't have any worries about it either. I, I, I'd love to see an, an ARM-based MacBook end to end from Apple just to see what the the most exciting part to me is the integration with iOS. I mean, it's there yes. now on the Mac with continuity and handoff. But if it was just a seamless pick up where you left off experience, I mean, that'd be awesome. 
And the other thing is, you know, as someone who uses both constantly, there are so many amazing apps for iOS, especially yeah. on the iPad and stuff. And you look at the App Store for Mac, and it's comparatively empty. A little bit, yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's so many good things. You know, like there's a, a corkboarding app that I love, um, Cardflow. And I would love to be able to use that for mm-hmm. planning on my Mac, but you can't. But so having something that would bring those two closer together, that, that it should be championed, in my opinion. So name, uh, Delta on YouTube is asking, how well would Pro versions play with A processors? And I wonder if that just means if there's... ARM yeah. processors. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's where the transition part comes in, mm-hmm. where Apple would need to obviously rewrite some of its own, all of its own applications, and as would developers, and they would have to work with Adobe and, thing, and people like this to make sure the apps are up to speed. But they've done this. They did it with Intel. They did it with... Um, OS 10 mm-hmm. and they right. really do it every every year and you know they the developers have to make tiny tweaks in here and there so you know Apple Mac developers are used to kind of um, these these major movements every decade or so so Gerben reported that uh, in addition to this processor as part of this processor transition that Apple is working on something codenamed Marzipan yes which I kept thinking about the uh, it's like a Google strong way of man. saying things, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> strong. Yeah, Homestar Runner. Yeah, Homestar Runner. I kept thinking of Homestar Runner. Uh, but they're working on a technology called Marzipan that would uh, allow you to use iOS apps on the Mac OS. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen iterations of mac os adopt ios type features like uh launchpad and mm-hmm. other things like that so you know they're working on ways to make sure that your software is going to work so you know if and you you can already do that on chromebooks with android apps and i was yeah. super skeptical at first but it works surprisingly well mm-hmm. with a mouse like the the kind of the, the you know i mean chromebooks have a touchscreen as well but even if you just use the trackpad it's it it's not like this awful experience that you would think I've There's never a lot thought of, that. Was, I've always thought that was stupid that they Apple insist on that that you can't use a mouse. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's a lot of Apple people out there that kind of scoff at the notion that oh, an iPad isn't built for uh, a mouse and Macs aren't built for touch, and that's true. But there is a ton of overlap, just with the interface design. I mean, in, you know, you design for touch, but you don't kind of disclude the notion that you could use it on a with a trackpad or with a pointer of some sort. I mean, what's the difference between, between a mouse and a, and a finger? Mm-hmm. You're still pointing and, and touching things. So, And the fact that this this improves the experience. Of yeah, using also this true. Yeah. So you have that. And here, here's proving that I can use a device and it actually yields a better experience sometimes for interacting with stuff. So, yeah, why not add a mouse too? But yeah. And two people brought this up on Twitter. Would this mean goodbye dual booting? That yeah, that was one of the questions yeah, that we brought a up. Possibility, or as a, one of the wor- worries in the poll, as uh, Windows Linux compatibility, and uh, Gordon and I were talking about that before the show. That the the thing is, I wonder how big of a market that really is for Apple. Is it Agreed. really that big? Because I I mean, maybe there's a sizable consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But where you would think that would make its mark is in an enterprise uh, environment. And I don't think there really is a lot of penetration in the enterprise market for, for Macs in terms of like, because they want to dual boot and, you know, they want to use Macs. So I, yep. I, think it, I think it really is a consumer level feature that a lot of people like to use. I really, I have no sense that it's a popular feature. And I know that's not going to be a popular thing to say, but because for a long time, it, it was used as a marketing point for the Mac. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So, but whether... You haven't, you haven't heard anything about it in years. You haven't heard anything about it in <laughs> I years. I don't even know if it's on the yeah. website anymore. And so I, I don't know if uh, it's really a selling point anymore. One of the reasons why consumers like to use Windows on a Mac is because of games. games. But the thing is, I think, especially with... Uh, the Mac laptops. Mac laptops have have kind of lagged in terms oh, of graphic time. performance. Yeah. And games nowadays are are so graphic demanding mm-hmm. that I don't know if I don't know if even the current MacBook Pro can keep up with those demands. Give you an idea. World of Warcraft, which is known as a you know a game that most systems can run very well and stuff like that. The recommended settings on my last year's uh, two thousand. I mean uh, MacBook Pro. It is four out of ten. That gives you an idea. The recommended settings of World of yeah, Warcraft are four out of average, ten. And know, does yours have discrete graphics? I it's yeah, but uh, it's uh, but. I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of disgusting to me that it doesn't run that well. So yeah, well, you, that's a good point, is, Dan. That that discrete graphics on the MacBook lineup are only available on the higher end models, right. yeah. the more expensive models. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know how many. You know, those are models being bought by creative pros. They're not being bought by gamers. Apple, uh, uh, what is it? Whatever they're up to, ten ten point. Whatever, whatever Mac OS High Sierra is up to, I don't know the number, but they, they just came out with support for external graphics cards. Yes, oh, 13. For, I was thinking um, about doing that for Apple Arcade. Right. You know, yeah. yeah. So you know, clearly it's a, it's a, it's something that they understand that people want. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said before, I don't like uh, any kind of a transition. I think would would affect the lower end um, laptops and 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 uh, really just the laptops first. And I think we're we're years away from the um, the Mac Pro whenever that comes out, and the MacBook Pros um, switching over from Intel to um, whatever the ARM processor would be called. And, and yeah. not that Apple cares at all, or even <laughs> if our viewers care. Oh, they w- care. W- would that mean also uh, no more Hackintoshes? Well, I mean, that's, it could. Yeah, that that's kind of the case now. I mean, it's tough to they 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 don't make it easy to build your own yeah. Macintosh anymore. You know, the, the Hackintosh is even more niche, niche, niche than people who want a yeah. dual boot Mac. So, yeah. And, and, you know, Apple, yeah. If anything, Apple will be like, yeah, this is one reason to get rid of that. Right. It's how yeah, we seriously. can get rid of those Hackintoshes. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if, it, yeah, the, I, I, it seems like boot camp dual booting might be something that they would sacrifice to to move yeah. on to arm so parallels of sweating yeah. well i mean they could this report could be where there's actually a a, a new line of mac uh-huh. that right. kind of runs a somewhat hybrid operating system and they keep the macbook pros and the mac workstation 
into. I mean, it doesn't say it's going right. to be every back. Right. You think it could be like right. that error, you know, going in that yeah. direction where it'd be something sure. really portable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, geared at people who, who their first Apple product was an iPhone and they want something that has a different form factor, but, you know, kind of like a Chromebook or, or Chrome OS for, right. um, the, for, for that audience. I wonder if that, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a shift in Apple's. Yeah, like uh, a, like an iOS laptop of, mm-hmm. of sorts. Right, people people's entry point to Apple nowadays is through the iPhone. Yeah. I know a lot of people who use the iPhone, but they're Windows user, users. Yeah. So that's their entry point, and so iOS is what's familiar to them. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting time. We'll see. So supposedly these ARM processors won't happen until 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if they really are happening. That it wouldn't happen beyond 2020. Yeah. So that it's that's a big undertaking to. to for Apple to do so, yes. but um, we have a few articles about this. So uh, Mike Simon wrote an article on uh, how ARM process- processors can make MacBooks backbooks exciting again. Uh, Jason Snell, who's a contributor for us, wrote a column about the whole transition process and what this could mean in terms of Apple's bigger picture. Uh, and then, as we were talking earlier about. More, more current news, more actual news of the Intel uh, announcements that were made yesterday. Uh, Gordon Maung wrote an article, as I mentioned before, about what could, what we would like to see happen in terms of the new pro- Intel processors that were released. Mm-hmm. What, what we'd like to see, but what will probably really happen. Uh, so check out our website. I'll, we'll put links in the show notes for these articles. Uh, and if you guys have any comments or questions, please let us know. So. But uh, moving on to our final topic, that's the iOS 11.4 beta, which was released. I believe it was released to the public, too, was it not? It was, yeah, yeah. yesterday. So Apple's been doing this thing where they release it to the developers. Mm-hmm. And then it usually, it used to take about a week before it went out to uh, public beta. But they've been cutting that down dramatically right. now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes well, it's this, only this is This is kind of iOS 11.3.1. <laughs> let's, be, let's, be, let's be real right. here. Yes. <laughs> so it has a few new features, uh, which may not sound like new features. One of them is messages in yes. iCloud. Yes. <laughs> so. I'm convinced that's going to be a feature in every in every <laughs> video. Going going to pull it out. Yes. <laughs> and then the other feature is AirPlay 2. So another um, one that we've seen and lost and seen and lost. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So messages in iCloud, I think, is the one feature that everybody's kind of been aching for. So for people who aren't familiar, messages in iCloud is that is basically going to make it so that your messages are basically synced with all your devices. Which is how it should be. I don't know what, like, what's <laughs> taking so long. Is it is it that difficult to, to implement this back-end system? I don't understand. I'm not an engineer, but... Yeah. Right. If anyone has any insight as to, even just some guesses as to why this is difficult to implement... I think I mean, Apple is just petrified that they're going to they're gonna release this thing and everyone's messages <laughs> are going to be wiped out. Right. <laughs> People are going to freak out. So... But yeah, you know, it's that annoying thing where you get your messages on your phone and then you see them on your Mac, but you deleted yeah. them. I on mean, your they, phone. they they do that now. You just they just don't sync. Like you have to delete things in three or sometimes right four different places. Yeah. So, 
And I, supposedly, you know, people, myself included, um, when I wrote that message, that article about iMessages, you know, there's been a recurring bug where people see their messages out of order. And yeah. basically people who have been using the, you know, the beta, which, you know, when, when it hasn't been pulled, the, the feature hasn't been pulled, uh, they do actually see their messages in the correct order. Whereas some people who are, you know, just using the live release still to this day have that problem seeing messages out of order. So, yeah. And then the other major feature is AirPlay 2, which HomePod users will be excited about. Any HomePod users uh, watching? Them. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mike is a HomePod user. Yeah, so. Just you and Jason. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you and Jason cross. <laughs> so uh, I'm not buying two of them, though. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, if anybody is... Uh, using has a home pod and is like aching for this feature let us know well keep in mind yeah too that you can't even use it right now because the actual right. update for the home pod hasn't come out so it's just yeah a right oh, that's true. To have, yes. yes there was a firmware update um last week when they came out with 11.3 and it like i swear it did nothing <laughs> like, like, i could there's nothing that's changed <laughs> Uh, there, there are a couple other features. So last week was Apple's education event where they uh, revealed schoolwork and the ClassKit API. Those are in uh, iOS 11.4 as well. Um, so we'll see when this gets released. I mean, there's still a few beta cycles to go through. It's April now. Maybe. It's almost a full year since they announced AirPlay <laughs> 2, people. <laughs> We're getting close. So it seems like a long ways away from WWDC, but two months. It's only two months. Yeah, yeah. less be. than two months, really. But no, no, it's like, probably about today. When, when's the keynote? The fourth or the sixth or something? That's fourth. Yeah, it's, yes. it's just about two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you would think that they would be. Yeah, you'd think showcasing <laughs> iOS twelve by then. So, or maybe iOS twelve now right. with messages in the cloud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But right, I'm sure but, Craig Federici will have a, uh, a joke, a quip about right, it. Right, a quip sort. about that. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to get the, uh, if you want to participate in the public beta, I I am not in the public beta for iOS. Uh, are you guys in the, in the public beta? I did the last one, but I don't really see yeah, anything but- compelling to do <laughs> this one. So, yes. Airplane I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't signed. I mean, I haven't uh, downloaded eleven point four yet. But yeah, I'm in the beta as well. I, I have a phone yeah. that's strictly for this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Any of our so, viewers have, have the i four the uh, iOS eleven dot four beta installed and have any? Uh, ex- let us know what your experiences are with them. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, no, so we haven't tried it. I think Jason Cross, our other staff writer, he's been. He probably has it installed, but mm-hmm. he's not on today, yeah. of course. So, uh, uh, TJ says, I don't see a difference. Yeah. Difference. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> that, that's why I didn't install it, because I didn't see anything that would actually affect my data. Yeah, well, it's just the two features that they had in 11.3 exactly. that they took away when they released the final version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now they're back. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, we have an article about the 11.4 beta on our website. It has a link to the beta program if you're interested in joining and trying it out. Remember, it is beta, mm-hmm. so it's not... Could break your phone. It could cause problems with your phone, uh, so you have been warned. But if you like to live on the bleeding edge, not just the cutting edge, but you like to 
taste a little blood while you're at it. So uh, uh, Hyman, I think, or Jaiman says, same, no difference. But Alf says uh, they have uh, the beta and the new business messaging is cool. Oh, oh that's, right. well, that's, yeah, in, that's in 11.3. That was released on time. Mm-hmm. In uh, the non-beta version, the full release of 11.3, that's in uh, the, the, the business, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. business chat or something. Business chat. That's... that's that's available. So 11.4. It's in 11.42, but it's a feature in 11.3. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I have not chatted with the business yet. <laughs> yes, I have not either. That's why I was like, that's why I don't have it at top of mind. So, um, oh, also, I just saw that the Safari technology preview, a new version of it has been released. So this is a sort of a beta program for safari mm. so if you're a web developer you know that that might be something you want to look at i don't know what's what's new in in it but i just saw on twitter that it has been released so if that's if you're into safari if you're a web developer and you uh are developing for safari you might want to check that out see what's been implemented in that so that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld podcast episode five ninety nine. Yeah, wow. we're almost at like an apple price. Next week, do we is have a pizza party next week? <laughs> and we have nothing special planned for six hundred. I won't be here. That's that's special. Oh. It's so special that Mike is going to go on vacation. <laughs> we, we we may not be the best podcast out there, but we're one of the oldest. Yes. <laughs> We've been out there for a while, yes. so. Uh, but yeah, so episode 600 is next week. We don't have anything special planned. We'll come up with something. So maybe we'll come up with something. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> well, a piece of pie. But I'm trying to do the math. 600, if we averaged one a week, it's over 12. It's 52 12 weeks in a year. Come on, we can do years. this. 12 years of the <laughs> Macworld podcast. So that's a long time. for. I think it was, yeah. That's a that long time. That was pre, pre-iPhone? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting! Uh, pre pre my employment as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and if you've been here forever for all 599 episodes, let me know because you know you deserve like a special award or something for the, for that. So, uh, but anyways, next week, uh, join us next week as we'll talk about. <laughs> next week we'll be here. Yeah. Next week we'll be here. I Great don't know what the topic. Great way to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to sell it i was gonna say what the topics are and then i just realized we don't know we're gonna have highlights are. from all 600 shows yes. <laughs> we're gonna have, yeah we'll do that thing where we'll do like you know one second highlights of from every show I, so. i'm not going back and, and watching all <laughs> 598 episodes to grab clips well i think it was only this year where we started doing video that is true so mm. all the rest are audio podcasts yeah so uh, oh. Alf says they've been here since 498. Mm. Wow. wow, that's crazy. Or it's either that or they've seen 498 of them. Either way, either yeah, way. That's, that's, that's impressive. So, um, <laughs> <Black> world, <yeah. laughs> my condolences. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, congratulations, and we're sorry. I, so, oh, I know. I just <laughs> it's a joke. It just, we don't. I'm not taking it. Trying not to take myself too seriously here. So. Uh, but anyways, join us next week as we'll talk about the latest Apple topics mm-hmm. and issues. Uh, for Mike Simon, thanks, Mike. Leif Johnson, 
Danmasuaka. That's Thank me. You very and, much. and Mark says uh, he's been a MacWorld participant since the beginning. Wow. Also, Mark Did Paul that's... Cordero. Very, very mind. cool. Oh, does the does he have the very first issue with Steve Jobs on the cover? Well, we'll, we'll find that out later. Tweet a photo of you with that with that know. issue. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. awesome. Yeah. So, thank you very much. We uh, seriously appreciate your, your dedication Definitely. and you know and joining us for the podcast. That's that's really cool. But anyways, join us next week for an episode, the next episode of the MacWorld Podcast. Thank you for joining us. See you next week.